Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Hello and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show. Hello, Kat. How are you? Hello, Vigar. I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I am fine. So... Today, uh, the weather is nice. I don't know how it is in the sandpit, but <laughs> it's we have to have nice the, ve- the weather report every time, don't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast on the weather. No, should. it's fine. Let's move on. Yes, thank you. Uh, today, we're going to talk about... This is really the mystery episode, because last time we haven't really figured out what we're going to talk about, but we have now. And today, we are going to talk about pricing for profits. What does that mean, Kat? <laughs> Well, really what it means is that I know that there are a lot of salons out there who have no idea how to price their shit. And um, what we normally do as business owners when we're starting out is we look around at what everybody else is doing and we think we are either better than them or not as good as them and we pick somewhere in the middle to price our shit. Um, And that's a stupid way to price anything because you haven't taken into consideration anything about your costs, but also you haven't really thought out how price actually works and what your clients need from you and what they need from you more than a lower price. So I think that's what we're gonna talk about today is how you should price your products and your services to make maximum profits because that's what you're here for is to make profit that's pretty much your bottom line for your business let's make some money i think you're right i think that's what everybody does and i remember i did the same thing when i started out in business i mean you look around you see what people charge you charge a little more a little less or spot on it, it just i mean it's just random isn't it it is, and the, the problem is that you, when you're starting out, you really have no idea what you should be doing, and you look to the industry for examples, and the industry is usually wrong. Um, they've all gone out and done exactly the same thing. They've just picked something out of the air, or they've looked around at somebody else. So what makes that correct? It doesn't make it correct at all. But the reason people don't just go out and make their thing Um, of high value is because they fear it. They fear the price and they fear money. So I think that's what we're going to do today. We're going to break the fear factor and kill that fear and hit it on the head and say that has no place in business right now for you. I I agree and that sounds fun. Do some killing. I would say that uh, (laughs) I think that... Seal clubbing isn't it? Seal clubbing in in our country. Yeah. Go clubbing. Well, I think, yeah, well, I've never done that. I've been, I've been on the seal safari, but uh, anyway, uh, I think that a problem for many is that they're in the commodity business and they see a salon also as, and, and sometimes, I mean, it's right, they, they are a commodity because that's how they behave. So they set them up exactly as the competitors. So the only thing they can really distinguish themselves themselves from the competitors is, um, is on price. And that's really a really unlucky and bad situation to be in when, when you when you do that. Well, define commodity, because I hear that word a lot and I talk about a commoditized market a lot. So tell me, what do you mean by commoditized market? I, I think you could define it that in many ways, but I would see it when you become like a raw material, like you pump up crude oil or something, you would be that crude oil. And you wouldn't really have anything you could buy the same 
product or service from anyone else. It would just be the same, including experience. It was just everything would look the same. So what you're saying is that there's a hundred salons on the high street. You're all doing the same thing or a similar thing. There's nothing to make you different from anybody else if you are. No, because all they need is what? Uh, They need a shop and a pair of scissors and a you know <laughs> that's what they do that's what people well i would say that people you're who so don't, good at this no I, I really i love it i think the problem is that the salon owner thinks that they are no different from their competitors but their customers actually understand even if it's subconscious that they are different from the competitors i for instance go to the same hairdressers uh, hairdresser i've gone to for 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 years and, and even if he, I think even if he, I, w- I wouldn't, maybe not if he doubled his price, but he could increase his price and I tell him to do that by a lot. And I would still go there. That would not cause me to change hairdresser or barber. So my point is that really pricing is elastic. That's what we could say. And it depends on who you are. It depends on what you do. It depends on a lot more than just the actual service you provide. Absolutely. And I think when you're talking about commodity, you can get yourself out of that commoditized market. So like you were saying before, if you haven't got anything else to differentiate yourself from somebody else in the high street, you're always going to compete on price because that's the default option. So people will say, well, I'm going to be as expensive as that person down the road, or I'm going to be cheaper and try and get a discount for my clients. But there's ways around that. And I think that's what we're talking about today with your pricing for profits, is that pricing and profit is all very much interlinked with lots of other tactics that we talk about um, on this podcast. And one of them is differentiating yourself, put my teeth back in, from others by using something that only you have and that thing is your personality. And I know we're not going to go into that, particularly in this podcast right now. We're going to talk about more about pricing and what your clients need and what they want. But there are ways you can do things very differently from your competitors. So don't fear. You can do it. I would also like to <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I would like to add in uh, something I've read. That was actually from Donald Trump. Uh, but this is years ago. <laughs> so, so ignore the name. What, before he was a loon? Tronald Dump. Um, uh, he wrote, I can't remember which book it was, but he said that they were selling some apartments or something and they really didn't sell. So they were thinking about lowering the price, but instead they raised their prices, increased them by a lot. And then demand suddenly increased as well. And I think that's something that people ignore. Uh, well, too many people ignore that you can actually use pricing to come across as more exclusive and you would not be for everyone. And there's a point to all this pricing thing as well, because if you increase your margins, if you do provide a, well, if you get a bigger income from what you do, you can provide a better service to your customers and you could use, reinvest those money to, to, to make the total overall experience much better and give better service and give more time to your clients. I know uh, in one shop here in town, the employees are supposed to take on, I think it is uh, six customers per hour uh, for, for, okay. for haircuts. Yeah, they're supposed oh, to wow. use a maximum of 10 minutes per customer because this is a drop-in thing. So they need to right. turn over six customers an hour. So you can imagine how that experience is. It's just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, goodbye. Get <laughs> 
that's <laughs> how it horrendous. works. Yes, it I mean, is. It's about a sharing well, I mean, shed. <laughs> but compare, compare that to my hairdresser. He says normally he should, before he should have done, I think he said four people an hour in his business. And now he's gradually, I think, increased his prices on stuff. I mean, what he does is not perfect. But now he's usually taking on two people per hour. So that means he has 30 minutes per customer. So imagine that's much more. I mean, a guy like me, I don't have much hair. It doesn't take long. So we <laughs> chat a bit and the experience is nice. And I like going there and, you know, and he has time to, he can actually afford to do that. Um, so, so it's a completely different experience. And I think that a lot of our listeners would, I think they've more than once they've done the calculation of how many customers they need per hour or per day or per week and use that as the metric to I mean, to how much money they would make during a week. That would be how many customers at that price. But what they should do instead is just look at the price. Well, what if I increase the price by 10%? If a haircut cost, well, I would just say, well, £10 just for just to take a number. But if you increase the price by 10%, you will increase your profits by much more than 10% because you have a cost base as well. So increasing your price is really important. It's um, terribly important. But the thing is, what you need to understand is that it's about the client. Your client is the one who determines your prices. Um, and when you are increasing your prices and you're putting them up and raising them, it's when the client starts to kick back and not buy from you anymore and you start losing more clients than you would be um, bringing in or is more uh, than your base level that you need to survive, that's when you stop. But the thing is, clients need more than low prices. They don't come to you, which we alluded to before, for your low prices. Um, low prices denote... Well, um, well let's be honest, quality. most don't. Most don't come from well, most. low prices, well, but actually, some do, the, just so that's the, clear. Yeah. The thing is, you see ads every single day going down the street of supermarkets, take supermarkets, for example, they're a fantastic example of stupidity. So they are competing against each other on price, and our price won't be beaten. You'd lowest prices guaranteed, more savings in your pocket. If you can find the same product somewhere else in someone else's supermarket, you tell us, bring us your receipt, and we will not only match the price, but we will refund you X number. They are in this ridiculous price war that goes on and on and on and on and on. And you think, because that's in your face every day, that that's all people want, low prices. But actually, price buyers are very rare. They're not as common as you think. They don't always want the lowest prices. They want a huge amount of other things. And I think if you want to really understand what your client really wants and what they need, so there's two things there. There's a want and a need. Then price becomes absolutely irrelevant. So yes, the supermarkets might be in a price war and they can afford to be. They you know have, have uh, huge amounts of stock. Um, they have low costs for the majority of them. If you go into some of these warehouse type supermarkets where you have to pack your own bags, you know, that's where they uh, reduce their costs. But they're constantly, constantly, constantly trying to get more and more people in the store where they could really be dealing with the lovely clients that they already have and getting them to buy more from them. But I that's actually have something a, else we'll go sorry. through. I actually have a short story about that because a few years back I got stuck in Heathrow for a few hours uh, because my flight got cancelled. Um, I mean, I was 
I suspected something was off when I saw a group of people, including captain and first officer, standing next to one of the engines with <laughs> worried looks on their faces. Um, but anyway, um, that, that flight got cancelled. And what I learned that day is that you really have to run to the transfer desk to be booked uh, for the next flight. But I also learned a lot of other things. And uh, you reminded me of that when you talked about uh, the low pricing thing where you can bring your seat and they will cut the price. But I'll get to that in a moment. But um, when I was standing in the queue uh, at the transfer desk, uh, and I, at that time I bought, I think that was the last time I bought the cheapest tickets. Because at home, I had my one and a half year old or two year old princess waiting for me. And I just wanted to get home. <clears throat> but instead, I got stuck in Heathrow for, what, fucking eight hours or something waiting for, oh for flights. So because I had the cheapest ticket and because I wasn't first in line, because I couldn't be all the priority people were first, I had to not, did I miss the next plane? I think I missed the plane after that as well. So... I got pushed back in queue. However, I did observe some, I made some interesting observations in that queue. You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. For instance, I, I was standing when I was standing there in the queue. It was not; it was impossible not to notice how the people ahead of me in the queue behaved. I mean, they complained about the airline. They complained that they had to queue up. They complained about lining up in the wrong queue. Apparently, apparently reading <laughs> signs and full instructions—that's that's too demanding. Um, they screamed at the personnel whenever asked to move to another queue because they tried to jump the others by by standing in the premium queue. Uh, they refused to do what they were told. They demanded compensations uh, and, I mean, impossible solutions the airline can possibly give them. So, including, uh, we were all in the same boat. The difference between me and them was that I was painfully aware that I bought the cheapest tickets and that was what I should expect. The other people who still have bought the cheapest uh, tickets expected premium service and you, that's not the way uh, it works. And it's it's weird how some people go into monkey brain mode when something unforeseen, unforeseen happens. I mean, flights get get cancelled now and then. That's just, just how it is. And, uh, and this is interesting, by the way, because the airline, for instance, they didn't offer me, for instance, the opportunity to jump to queue. If I had been given the opportunity to buy mm -hmm. something, a premium something, something right then and there to get on home sooner, I would have bought it because I really yeah. wanted to get home. I had my girl waiting at home and I was tired and I just wanted to get home. Uh, but they never asked me. So that's kind of the first lesson. You have to provide something if you want. You have to give people the opportunity. Uh, I don't know what I did that day. And, and you reminded me of that earlier. I... I walked into, I, I won't name them, but it was an electronic store. And I just couldn't <laughs> avoid noticing the posters hanging around everywhere, but bombarding visitors and, and potential customers with messages like um, internet beating prices, our lowest ever prices, we won't be beaten on price, stuff like that. But the product information was lacking because there was no useful information. Um, the product information was limited to, to brief technical specifications. Uh, for instance, you had the, at the time, there were a new series of GoPro cameras and they were on display next to a poster comparing the price to their competitors online. That was all they did. So in short, there was an endless stream on what we cheapest. Uh, but then how much good does being cheapest do when you don't inform your customers 
uh, about the products and what they can do with them. And what they could have done, for instance, with the GoPro cameras is that they could have a, I don't know, a, a screen next to the GoPro cameras showing a video what you could do with the camera. Because in an airport, I mean, you have definitely have people going on holidays, people with deep pockets. Yeah, and they're already terminal. in spending mode, aren't they? Because you're exactly. on holiday mode, you're in spending mode, your wallet's yes. open. And it's, well, you know, it's duty-free. So you're kind of yes. in that uh, mindset of go and spend money, you're going to get a good deal, but also you're going to get some really personalised service because they're there and that's all they're doing that's just selling you stuff to get on the plane with. Yes, yeah. and I was, I've been thinking that, I mean, you have parents and you have grandparents. And if you give them a message of like, kids are on the kids for so long, catch the moment before it's gone, that kind of message is much yeah. stronger to parents and grandparents than we will be beaten, but you won't be beaten on price because you also create kind of, you, you can never create demand, but you can remind people that this is something they could, could use. Yeah. Well, um, there's, which you there's can't when you just thing. say this is low price because you're not telling them what you could use it for. So, I mean, it's pointless. Exactly. And you, there are a number of things that, you, that your clients need. So more than that cheaper price, they need, often they need more than one supplier. So if you, if you can't offer a service, they need to be able to get it from somewhere else. And in your selling business, if you're relying on one supplier for your products or one supplier for your services, um, change that now and get a plan B. Because if you can't deliver um, what you say you're going to deliver, then you might as well not be in business. The other thing they need is timely delivery. So they need to um, have those services when you say you're going to supply them and exactly how you're going to supply them. So they don't want to be waiting for it. If you send products through mail order, um, if they can buy online, you need to be telling them that when they're going to receive it. You know, look at Amazon. They tell you exactly what time you can book an extra um extra delivery slot you can book the time you want it to arrive and they give you tiered pricing for that so if you want it at a certain time on a certain day you pay extra for it and you expect that but you expect to receive it at that time as well they also need your help so like you said Vigard with the GoPro they need to be able to see how to use the product or to how to use the service um, it's okay to sell things once but you know also they also need to have that follow-up and that support just in case things go wrong um, and they also need to you to deliver that exactly exactly how you're going to say that or exactly how you've said you're going to deliver it but you also need to be capable of doing it and be solvent I had this great example of a woman who did one of those um, discount offerings where you go online and you buy a discount voucher for a product um, and these are huge and they are absolutely ridiculous and you should never use these by the way um, for your salon or use them to get new clients in your door but this woman owned a cupcake business and she decided to use this company to put out an offer and she was selling uh, a batch of six cupcakes for the usual price would have been 20, 26 pounds and she was selling them for £6.50. So she's selling them well under cost uh, for what she was providing. And she didn't realise how popular this offer would be. And they had to close the sales at 8,500 sales of cupcakes uh, orders. So okay. not only did she lose a huge amount of money on 8,500 orders at £6.50 instead of £26, she also had to hire staff in to 
extra staff in to actually fulfill the orders and they were up yeah. 24 hours a day, seven days a week and she lost money. She lost so much money. She lost a year's worth of turnover on providing that deal to someone. So stupidly, not thinking about the consequences and being capable of providing that service and being solvent. So you, you're, you know, you have um, a, it's an obligation to keep your doors open. If you're in business, you're an obligation to stay in business, not only for yourself, but also for your staff and for your clients. So that's what clients need more than the premium price. There's other things that they want. And are, you know, are we going to go there through that now, Vigard? Will we save that for the next one? I think we'll save that because we're getting um, close to the end, but you can give them a teaser, can't you? Well, there's things that, you know, these are things that clients need. So what I've talked about is that those are the basics. So if you tell me that what a client needs is customer service, I'd come around and slap you. So there's things that they need, and I've just gone through those, but there's also things that clients want. And if you're providing these wants, um, you're going to have no problem with putting whatever price you want on things. So let's talk about that next time because I think that's really, really, really important. Yeah. Um, also, also going to say that keeping your prices up um, could help you actually improving compliance. And I think that hairdressers will will see that that people they go to come to them for a treatment and then they will go somewhere else and buy shampoo or whatever conditioner uh, uh, from other places and they will basically perhaps destroy the hair they wouldn't know what to do so they just I mean if you have better profits if you make more money you also have the time to explain and educate them what they should do you can sell them products and, and stuff like that it was interesting the story you, you you just told it reminded me when I worked in a radio uh, and tv shop as a teenager and my boss he had a campaign to get people into the store and that was he had three uh, television sets. The idea was great. Uh, so the idea was that he had one low-priced TV set. He lost some money on that. Um, that would kind of get people into the store. And then we were supposed to, as salesmen, we were supposed to upsell people to the bigger screens. Um, the problem was that the cheap TV we lost money on was actually... <laughs> the TV with the best picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when you have them next to each other with the picture on, people oh, can no. clearly see that the cheapest one was the best. So, so, so I mean, it happens. Generally, <laughs> oh, <that sucks. laughs> generally, you get more when you pay more. And that's, yep. I mean, for a salon, that's pretty obvious because you can package in so much um, that you give people so much value. So, so price becomes irrelevant. And I think that even having a price, as I said, it increases compliance and it makes it improves in compliance and it gets people more tied to you. Well, um, it makes it easier to sell the next time, doesn't it? If it yeah. works, I think. Yeah. I think that we're, we're getting close to the end there now, but I think that one advice we could give to people, which is very concrete and something they can do today, is try uh, start by increasing their prices by ten percent and see what happens. You've at least at the before. very near bare you? minimum. What happened to you when you increased your prices, Kat? You've done this before. Yeah, and I've done it many times. And the salon that I owned and uh, my ex-business partner still runs, he still is increasing the prices. Um, what happened? We made more money. <laughs> That's it. There's nothing. We maybe had one complaint. Yeah. One uh, and that was out of thousands and thousands of clients. So yeah, and there are ways to do it. And that's a, that's a topic for another 
podcast and we will go through that because there are ways to do it without losing good customers um, and I think there you just don't go and often say okay we could do you can just go off and say I'm going to increase my prices by 10% tomorrow and to see what happens um, and I'll guarantee probably not much except you'll get more money in your till but um, there are other ways Sounds that awful. you can I know it's dreadful isn't it yeah. I mean, it's so <laughs> so simple it's stupid and it's because it's simple people won't do it but Anyway, go off and do that. But then I will tell you what or how to do it without losing good customers so that you feel more comfortable about doing it because I think that's the big thing, being comfortable. Yeah. Great. Uh, so next time, we are going to uh, get back to the pricing topic in a later episode, but next time we are actually talking about something you have specialised in, and that is staff. <laughs> my favorite the s word yeah we're gonna talk about the s word next time until then you've been listening to the grow your salon fast show with cat and vagard share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com